This is the Power of Genetics podcast. In each episode, I'll be interviewing successful practitioners and impactful thought leaders in the world of health and performance. They will share their journey, their insights, and their best advice for us all. I'm your host, Dr. Yael Jaffe. Let's begin with today's episode. A very big warm welcome to the Power of Genetics podcast. My guest today is Dr. Jeff Glad, who I have had the pleasure and honor of being on stage with, on panels with, meeting with, talking to, and learning from. And today I get to bring you Dr. Jeff Glad to share his story. So a big welcome, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'd love, love to be here. love to be with you. Um, like you said, we, we spent a lot of time together uh, educating crowds and educating each other. So uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm sure I'm going to learn a, a whole lot more stuff today. So just before we, we went live, I was saying to you that I was reading your bio and I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on in this bio. And you were like, it's not quite so bad. You know, I've managed to simplify it a bit. Tell, let's start off by, by sharing with everyone where you are now, what you're doing right now. And then I'm going to take you back to the beginning, that beginning where you're like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, like right to the beginning. Um, and we're going to walk through because, because what, what strikes me, and I'll just say it up front so you know what I'm thinking is, you know, you've been able to, um, first of all, you've been able to learn a lot of new and different stuff, which you've obviously driven. So that fascinates me. The other thing is this amazing balance you've had between clinical practice and entrepreneurship. Very excited to hear more about your thoughts on that. And then still your ability to impact a big organization and, and kind of drive innovation there. So that's my thinking. I just want to leave that with you. Um, but I'm going to hand over to you now. And if you can just tell us all a little bit about you. Yeah, so currently, uh, so I reside in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, that's where my practice is. I actually live in Columbia City. It's a, a rural town outside of that. But I am primarily the chief medical officer at Fullscript, uh, which is a, a platform for integrative medicine to uh, dispense and manage healthcare's best supplements. Uh, I also wear a hat as a clinician and still run my consultative integrative medicine practice, uh, GLAD-MD. We opened that in 2010, and, and that continues to, to thrive with two nurse practitioners, a physician, a health coach, a dietitian, and, and an, an amazing team that allows me to sort of not have to be there every day and still care for lots and lots of patients and, and help guide them in their health. Those would be the two primary focuses right now in my in my day-to-day -day life today. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 great. That's what I want to do now. Let's go back because you know everyone has a story on how they decided to become a doctor. Some started earlier, some started later, some was a little bit serendipitous, but let's I would love to hear how, what your journey was. Yeah, that, that's funny because I, I rarely tell that origin story. I usually tell my integrative medicine origin story, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But so I, I you know, went to college as a, with a focus on physical therapy, was an athlete, tore my ACL twice, did the full rehab and, and recovered. And so to me, you know, the physical therapist was my, my primary connection to the healthcare system and, and just guiding the rehab and understanding the body. And that's where I started. Um, and I came home my, after my freshman year of college, I got cut from the baseball team. I went to the University of Toledo to try out for baseball and, and get into physical therapy. 
And I was with my family dentist for an appointment in the summer. And, and he said, what, what, you know, how's it going? What are you doing? I'm like, well, I think I want to do physical therapy. Why aren't you going to medical school? And, and I said, I, I just, I don't want to, I, like, you know, we didn't have money for college. So I was already going into debt for college. And I just don't want to go into more debt. Jeff, listen, just be a doctor. Like it's in you. You've got the grades. Let the money stuff work itself out later. And so like that day, I immediately turned on the focus and my desire to study in school and, and to go become a doctor, what was really what fueled, you know, everything after that. Um, and so didn't come from medicine. You know, my, my father's a mechanic and, and, and has worked in, uh, you know, the, the garbage industry and, and the trucking industry. My mom worked in retail. So I had no medical background, but just a, a sort of an interest in it. And then, you know, sort of driven to just you know, want to really be able to, to help people and, and to be on the front lines of, of, of driving, uh, you, you know, people's health and well-being. Although, you know, weirdly, it, it was more the management of disease as I, I went through medical training and went through residency. Uh, but that was really sort of the, the, the beginning part of, of my journey to become a physician. And what was the experience? I mean, you went, you decided you were going to do medicine, you went and you studied medicine. I mean, was there a part of you that was like, was everything like, oh, this is brilliant, same thing? Or did you did you know quite early on that something was missing for you? Yeah, I didn't know it at all, actually. So my third year of medical school, and again, very conventional in the focus and didn't think anything otherwise. Like that was just the standard. Nothing else was outside of that. Um, and, I, and I think if I look back sort of, uh, you know, the, 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 the world was driving me down this path that I'm on today. Uh, my third year medical school pediatric residency, or sorry, pediatric surgery rotation, um, you know, and this is the one where you have to pre-round before the other surgery residents and the surgery interns. So you get to the hospital at 3 a.m. Oh my gosh. You do all the pre-rounds before anybody else. Then you go into the operating rooms and then you post round after everybody's done. So you get home at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. This is a month, but it was about the first week uh, in that, re in that uh, rotation, you know, sitting over a, a surgery and the surgeon is just, you know, doing the classic pimping of questions and, and very demeaning and very challenging. And literally, I just started to get hot and lightheaded and felt like I was gonna pass out. I, I had to step away from the surgery. And from that point on, like panic attack, I didn't even know they were panic attacks. Oh, wow. I just knew I couldn't go back into that OR. And so the entire month I spent trying to cover myself, not going into the OR, getting somebody else to take the case, staying out of it. Uh, you know, I was happy to kind of be in the room and, and, and check the charts. But every time I got near the operating room, I would start to get that feeling again. And um, I mean, literally would, would cry myself into the hospital saying that this, this isn't for me. Like what's my backup plan is like, I'm going to be a science teacher. I'm going to go, you know, do, do another path. And uh, I think my, my, you know, at the time, you know, was able to connect to my family doctor back home. And he's like, man, that sounds a lot like panic attacks. Let's get you on something. And, and so blessedly, you know, got to start a pharmaceutical for panic attacks. And that allowed me to get through medical school. That allowed me to get through residency. Um, and when I got to residency, that was the first time that, that I was exposed to something different in a way that was like, there might be something there. So my good friend, 
uh, Dr. Windley, who runs an integrative hospital-based integrative program ever since we graduated in 2004 in Southern Indiana, he went to our residency because the directors let him open an acupuncture clinic in the family practice residency. That's amazing. Like, that in itself amazing. is amazing. Amazing. And, and, I, and I still didn't quite get it, uh, but I accepted it, right? And, and I saw what he was doing with patients and bringing that best of both, right? Because he went to IU Medical School with me, same residency. And, and so um, those are just sort of the things that sort of, you know, little points along the way. And, and then it wasn't until a couple years into practice after graduation that I really sort of had the, the major aha moment. Okay, I, I'd love to know the aha moment with, because obviously that's so important, but and maybe we maybe we can ask this question. I'm interested for your um, I, uh, understanding now of what was happening to you at medical school with your panic attacks or, or whether that's part of the aha moment. I don't want to preempt it, but I'm interested yeah, in how you interpret it now in, in, in hindsight. Yeah, I, I think, I, you know, now I look back on it and say, like, just that that rigor and intensity and, uh, you know, lack of, of just relationship was just so rigorous. And it just wasn't for me, right? It, it, I mean, I remember going um, uh, to a conference in medical school on all the different specialties, because I, at the time, when I went, in, when I went into medical school, I, I was going into orthopedic surgery, right? That, that was kind of my uh, you know, my experience with, okay. with ACL tears and everything. And I remember sitting in that conference and they had a, a specialist from each discipline give a talk about their profession and their life. And the orthopedic surgeon said, um, if you're not going to work 60, 80 hours a week, then don't be an orthopedic surgeon. And I immediately crossed it off the list. <laughs> so like, I, I don't, like, I think that was my first, like, I want some work-life balance here. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously sort of kind of created that fear of the OR at in that time frame as well. And then when I did my family practice rotation, they were the friendliest, connected to their patients, connected to each other, connected to their families. Uh, the, the family doc that I followed was my little league coach when I was a kid. So I just knew like, I, I want a balanced life. I, I want to be a doctor, but I've got to have a life outside of that. So I, so I think all that stuff was sort of what was cir you know, cir circling in my mind, sort of inspiring me to kind of take the path that I've taken. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now we get to the aha. So we've done allopathic traditional medicine for some time, understood that family medicine is definitely the best fit for you. What happens now? Yeah, so went went to residency, and that's where I, you know, hung out with Dr. Winley and another, you know, a great group of of, of resident physicians, and we're still lifelong friends today. And came out, and I wanted to be in a small town to practice because I wanted to do the full scope of, of what family medicine offered, and you could not do that in a bigger city. And I'm counting Fort Wayne as a bigger city. Uh, so landed in Columbia City, where I still reside today, because the hospital, with open arms, said run your family practice, do colonoscopies and EGDs, deliver babies, uh, do inpatient care. And, and I did the full scope, you know, for two years and, um, you know, enjoyed most of it, but definitely was losing that balance part. Uh, you know, we, we had our first son when we were residency. And when my second child was born, my daughter it was 2006. So two years into solo practice, actually, uh, 
newly left solo practice and joined the hospital in the same community and kind of looked up and realized like still on medication for panic attacks, now bordering on obesity, uh, don't feel well, don't feel balanced. And, and so decided that weight loss was going to be my first focus. And I just needed to eat, you know, clean up my diet, drop my calories. But as I did that, um, sort of navigated toward eating a bit more whole foods and, and less processed and refined, but within six months, lost 50 pounds, got off the medication for panic attacks, felt amazing. And, and that was sort of the, and I did it with nothing that I learned in medical school and residency, right? I, I did it with nutrition. I didn't do it with exercise either. It was all diet. And so then I just, I could not consume enough content about nutrition. Um, that start was uh, a read natural therapies book by Dr. Andrew Weil right. and Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan. And, and as I was reading, you know, Michael Pollan, you know, then the diet got even better, even cleaner and understood, like understood food for the first time and had lived the power of food. And so I, uh, you know, this was early fairly early internet too. So I must've been on some email newsletter of Michael Pollan's and it said, Hey, I'm going to be at a nutrition conference in San Diego, this, this, you know, coming up. And so I looked up the dates and I'm like, oh, I had signed up for the American Academy of Family Physicians annual conference, right? Need my CMEs, got to plug into AFB. And, and I just, I told, I remember telling my wife, like, something tells me that I need to cancel this conference and I need to go listen to Michael Pollan. I didn't know it was Andy Wiles. Oh, you know, I see. Arizona you, know that it was Andy you thought it was just Michael Pollan. Yeah. I was just going to hear Michael Pollan speak and it wound up being an entire conference on integrative medicine and nutrition. And, and then it was like, okay, now I've, my personal transformation is on track. Now it's time for my, my practice transformation, my, my career transformation. And so literally on the flight home, you know, set myself up to apply to, to the fellowship, got accepted. For Andrew Val, at, at, at the Arizona, the Andrew, that's amazing. University of Arizona. I know that it's not, yeah. That's amazing. So did that, um, went, went to the hospital, Parkview Hospital and, and met with leadership. Cause I, again, I was newly a family medicine doctor for them. And I said, I want to do something different. I, I, want to, I want to do an integrated medicine program. I want to teach nutrition. I, I want to help the hospital do this, you know, at scale. I, I mean, I was on fire. And, and blessedly, the leadership at the hospital said, let's give it a try. Um, so that was 2008. Um, and they said, two days a week, we'll let you do integrated medicine. And you keep your day job, you know, as a family medicine doc, three days a week. And uh, within months, you know, all of a sudden the interest and the patient demand just, just, just went through the roof. Um, I, they had set me up to do a live call-in show on the ABC uh, affiliate channel for in Fort Wayne every Wednesday on nutrition and lifestyle. And, and so it just created this groundswell of interest in the community. And I just kept, you know, refining my clinical skill and how to work with patients. And, and so that was sort of the, the big aha and the huge transition that, that really changed everything I, you know, driv, drove me to where I am today. It's amazing, you know, um, with all the, the wonderful guests I get to interview, there's usually like three entry points and uh, Marco Polin, and I'll tell you a little about that, um, Andrew Vell, and the other one is, is Jeff, uh, you know, Jeff Bland. 
And people, it's usually like, oh, I heard them speak and everything changed, you know? And the interesting thing is my pivot was Michael Pollan, Omnivore's Dilemma, exactly the same. And I was a dietitian, right? I had two degrees in dietetics and a deep, you know, disillusionment with what I'd learned and such deep unhappiness. Didn't feel like I learned anything about health. And I read Omnivore's Dilemma. And this from a guy who's not a nutritionist, he's a journalist, and it was the most insightful and extraordinary. I never, like, I read through the night, like I just couldn't put it down. And it changed everything for me in that book. And then after that, I was like, I will never, you know, it, I could never be part of mainstream nutrition ever again. And that sent me off on my mission to try to find something better. And I landed up in genetics, but um, it was very driven by omnivores. I, I mean, I think it's an extraordinary book. And in fact, David Katz was talking about the day, you know, eat plants, um, eat food, not too much, mostly plants, you know, and, and it was just like, oh, wow, like there's an answer. So it's interesting because Andrew, well, um, Michael Puller, and then of course, Jeff Bland seemed to be those kind of three entry points into, into the pivot. So, but this is an incredibly successful story where you were able to mobilize a hospital, a community, a movement, um, your colleagues to be able to shift to integrative quite early um, most people I speak to were really fighting um, a very tough battle to get people to listen to the story. Why do you think you, you were lucky or well, lucky enough? And part of it, of course, is who you are as a person and a doctor. But why do you think your story was more smooth than, than many of the ones that I've heard? Yeah, gosh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, certainly the hospital based piece was, you know, that blessing was, I think I was doctor number 30 in the system as an employed physician of now hundreds in, in, in this specific hospital system, but most hospital systems. So, you know, now you've got a voice that's one of 30 as opposed to one of hundreds. Um, I think, you know, hopefully it comes across every time I speak, but the passion for, for yes. this and yes. and living it, I think makes a makes a big difference, right? Um, you know, seeing that transition, having that passion, um, I, I think those pieces aligned really, really well for me. Um, and, and so, I yeah, I don't know. But besides yeah. also being no, close, I think that's um, that's very bad. I mean, you live you you know you you come across as I mean, no one can see you right now, but no one would believe if they did see you that you ever had a weight problem or a health problem. You like, you know, personify health and wholesomeness and kind of authentic health. So it is quite extraordinary to think that there was a time when you weren't that, you know. Um, I mean, that that is inspiration and right there, you know, to kind of listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. And if I, I remember I think what correctly, I've learned we, to... we looked at your genes. <laughs> Didn't we look at your genes? And they were like, oh, if you don't eat well and exercise, you're going to gain weight, if I remember correctly. Funny enough, uh, but not coincidental. Yes, that's <laughs> what the genes say. That's the story. And so it, it certainly, you know, it, 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 and that was more after the fact, but it's also super helpful to stay on that track when, when you see the genetic story that potentially yeah, that drove you to where you were and, and is now, you know, really firing on all cylinders because of the inputs that, that I've worked on. Okay, so what I'm interested in next is that you're now got this amazing integrative practice, people are buying in, you're on radio, which is incredibly spreading the word, you're kind of almost living the dream here. 
where does the entrepreneurship come from? Because you've been involved in a number of startups that were both very innovative. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about where does that come in? Yeah, so, so this will bring back, you know, my, my, my good buddy, Dr. Winley. So as I started to, to sort of take this journey and, and, and catch fire on, you know, nutrition and integrative health, um, you know, he was kind of starting his practice in Southern Indiana. And, and so, you know, we're like, gosh, there just, there needs to be a better resource online for this information. Like, you know, this was early days. So there wasn't a lot of great content toward, you know, thinking differently about your health. And so I had another buddy um, up here, a family friend who sort of understood the, the whole SEO world and, and how to write content to now show up near the top pages of Google. And so the three of us decided to start Pure Health MD just as a side product, project. So we, we did purehealthmd.com and Steve wrote most of the content. I was in the fellowship at the time recruiting practitioners to author content. And in exchange for that, we would make sure that anytime their name was searched in Google, their practice was at the very top or their, nice. their about page was at the very top. And so, you know, they were just starting to understand like, this is how I get my name out there. This is how I kind of, you know, get my practice exposed. And so we had this really, you know, early model of, you know, designing this platform and, and building content. And, and that was the first time I was part of a startup. And it was like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> this is so much fun, so much energy. And, and as it was growing, you know, Dr. Winley was, was growing his practice. I was still early days in, in the hospital practice and I wanted to do it full time. And this was just a side job for everybody else. And, and so at the time, you know, we just knew it wasn't going to continue to work out because they weren't going to keep up with it. We ended up selling it to the discovery channel um, who bought that content and, and put it on their website. But that's where the whole bug just kept like, okay, what's the next one? What can I do now? And in 2011, I was at a conference and, and Dr. Lodog, who's a, a, a mentor and amazing, a great, great amazing. friend, right? another, another one of those inspiring, inspiring. You know, people that just like, you can't get enough of. And she gave a talk on drug-induced nutrient depletion and how many pharmaceuticals, common pharmaceuticals patients are on and the known nutrient depletions being caused by those medications. And, and, and I had never heard that before. And so I, I'm like, gosh, there's gotta be a way to, to deliver that content and that, and that information better. Um, and so at the time, you know, I had a project manager for the clinic um, and I used her and, and had a, you know, hired a, a, a tech guy and built mitaven.com. So we built the, basically the web's first nutrient depletion calculator and use it as a resource in the clinic, every patient, uh, and just saw patients, uh, you know, you put in their medications, the data spit out the nutrients at risk for being depleted. So it's so the easy to use. Symptoms of that. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So easy. And, so and talk about like adherence, not just to the supplement regimen now, but the adherence of the patient to your integrative medicine practice was gigantic because it was fine. Somebody listened to them, right? Somebody thought about, okay, what are the root causes of their symptoms? And then it was like, well, listen, the five symptoms you listed on your intake form are all listed here as caused potentially wow. by your medications. And so that was kind of, you know, that, that was my big entrepreneurial focus number two. 
Um, I never was able to really build a solid business model around that. It was, it was very much a labor of love, but, you know, got me to connect to care of and, and help those guys out and, and build their logic in terms of, you know, personalized supplementation. But uh, this is where Kyle Bratz, who's the co-founder and CEO of Fullscript, reached out to me and, and it's where we became fast friends and sort of uh, built okay. a, a long-term relationship that continues today. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a worthwhile conversation, wasn't it? M meeting Carl. Because <laughs> I was, 100%. I was actually, yep. um, I was actually, I did not know about that company. I did not know about your website. So I was actually playing with it this morning and I was like, wow, you know, I'm a nutritionist and I didn't know this stuff. And I was like putting in my mom's medication and my, you know, like, I was like, I was like, wow, this is so helpful. It's so easy to use. And it's like, it should be in, being used by every single practitioner in their practice. I think you need to, I think we need to talk about it more and let more people know because it's such an obvious tool that I think is being underutilized. And I was like, I should know this stuff. And of course I don't, you know, because we're not trained in, in, in pharmacy, right? So there's, I just don't. So kudos to you that I love that. Okay, so I, I, I love this, right? And also, I just want to note, you know, when people hear that you were writing content, um, SEO stuff, putting it into like a blog form, like getting other people to, to author it and um, use SEO to kind of reward them. What a great business model. And it's like that kind of conversation is so common right now in 2023. You know, it's, it's how we do things. Everyone's generating content to be able to generate leads. But what's extraordinary is when you did it, right? What was the date that you were writing, doing this? Um, so that would have been 2007, 2008. I mean, it's so ahead of the game, like so ahead. Because when you talk about it, it sounds like, it doesn't sound very original. Everyone's doing that. But you were doing it like 15 years ago. I mean, that is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a couple of years ago with the guys that that started PureHealthMD.com. Like, I, I don't think we would have been able to do it because now there's so much, you know, energy and 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 resources going toward that 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 it really you'd really be you know swimming you know sort of against the current. We were sort of creating the current and sort of writing some of the early thought leaders on that you know on that current. So yeah, I mean we 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 were lucky enough to have you know the the smart guys in the room who were able to kind of build that and all the content was structured for that. Um, it was yeah, I mean early days. Sounds a lot of fun. I like that. It was a blast. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. So now we we're we're here. So you oh, you left why did, you left the hospital to set up your own practice? I don't think we we spoke about that, right? Yeah. So uh, I was about a year and a half into to the hospital based practice. Um, uh, you know, within six months they said go do that full time. Um, you know, we'll cover your primary care practice. And so I made a transition to, to do integrative medicine full time. We had a psychologist on staff. We had a dietitian on staff, and um, they came to me about a year and a half in and said, Jeff, we love what you do. You have a six month waiting list that's growing. Can you see three times as many people? <laughs> and, um, I, you, you know, I, I knew then that the community was demanding this type of medicine because it wasn't really available. Um, they flew me to the, um, uh, the, the holistic primary care used to do a heal thy practice business conference every year. And I think I went to the very first one 
the hospital sent me to say, you know, say, go learn the business models that are available and let, let's try to build this right. And what I did at that conference was design my dream practice, sort of knowing that, uh, you know, the, the hospital system and the structure and, 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 and the restrictions were just never going to satisfy me because I had this entrepreneurial spirit. And so that was when I started designing this high tech, high touch practice um, where, uh, you know, I wanted, and that was kind of the off point, right? The hospital saying, we just, we can't do this um, without you seeing three times as many people. I knew that I had to leave. Um, I, I knew that the model I wanted to go toward what was, a, was a direct pay model. Um, and I spent a lot of time with my patients leading up to that transition, August 1, 2010, educating them on why I was doing it. You know, I held open houses and just talked about my passion and talked about you know, the restrictions of insurance and, and why this is the path forward. And you know, made not only that transition, but brought on two practitioners to also start that on day one. And, and we got busy right away. And, and 13 years later, it, it's still busy. Uh, so that, that was kind of that, you know, that was that transition um, the hospital was very gracious. I actually rented the same space from the hospital Bim. to start that practice. I love it. Yes. For, for, and so for a year, I was still in the same space. Um, and then we found our own space because they were, you know, kind of they needed it for, for their primary care practitioners. Uh, Parkview has brought back integrative medicine just a couple oh, of years after that. Um, and it's awesome for the community to have an insurance-based integrative practice in your community for everybody. I, I couldn't be happier. That to me isn't competition, right? That's collaboration. Oh, that sounds amazing. I was actually just thinking, you know, I live in Seattle and I was thinking like, what am I doing wrong that I haven't found a practice like yours, like close by to me? I mean, Indiana is a little bit far to travel to, but that's ultimately what I would be looking for. You know, it's just, it, it really is. It is so impressive. So I think, you know, I have two kind of questions that I will start kind of tying, tying things up. And the first question, I guess, is, you know, um, looking back, and, and it really is such a, you are deeply passionate. I'm sure everyone can hear about everything you do. And, and it seems to me you're probably as passionate now as you were 10 years ago and 15 years ago. Um, what is the advice that you would give to someone who's starting out? Who's either at medical school or at any health professional school or someone who's just starting out in their career? What would be like the, the most sage, wise advice that you could offer them? Yeah, I, I, I have I have two that I can think of. So, you know, one and it, it's the one I give all the time when I speak, you know, you have a lot of unfortunately to, to go seek out integrative and functional medicine concepts has to happen outside of the traditional training. And, you know, so you're going to, you know, you're tuning into webinars, you're going to conferences. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest hangups is practitioners are scared to get started with, you know, that new information. And, and I, they're just not sure they're still kind of learning it. And, and I have always used in, in business and everything I've done, ready, fire, aim. And, you know, I would encourage every practitioner who's learning something they're passionate about to just tell your patients about it. And it's okay to preface it by, I just learned this last week, but I think it's important and, and I'd want you to consider it. And I think that's where we get stuck, you know, wanting to not, until we're an expert, we don't want to use it. Yes. I would start. Yes. I hear that a lot. Before you're the expert. 
Mm. Yes. And, and start having conversations with patients because this healthcare system is sick and patients are desperate for relationship and connection with practitioners. And they are perfectly, and I would say, I don't, I would say, I don't know a lot as well. Right. I don't know if this is the right thing, but I think this might help you. And I think once you see the power of that conversation, but also whatever that is you're learning, happen in a patient and turn that patient's health around, now all of a sudden you just start building more and more and more. The, the other one that um, you know, I think is really, really important is spend some time understanding behavior change and how to have conversations with your patients about changing behavior. You know, Fullscript spent a ton of time on you know, adherence work and behavior change. Those reports are awesome. There are plenty of other places to learn. Uh, Tom Blue uses the, word, the, the term clinical persuasion. I love that. We need to get better at clinical persuasion and, and educating our patients and motivating them to make the changes that, that are key for that foundational health improvement. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the things that we're not taught. So we're not talk about genetics, we're not taught about integrative, and we're not talk about coaching. We're not taught how, how to change behavior. And so my favorite now is how many practitioners are going on their own, you know, and studying health coaching, which where they're learning, you know, because ultimately if we can't change behavior, we're pretty useless to anyone, you know, so we can have the best knowledge in the world. Um, but if we can't inspire behavioral change, well, then we're really not going to impact. So I love that. I love that. And I love Tom Blue's comment, very clever clinical persuasion, but it's true. If we can't change behavior, we're just really patting ourselves on the back and telling ourselves how clever we are. So I, I think that is that is great advice. And again, I totally agree with your first point. You know, people, especially in my space of genetics, it's like, I don't know enough. I'm not an expert. I'm like, nor am I. Like, dip your toe in, you know, do your first test, come to your first webinar. Like, no one knows everything about genetics. And just start start with your first, you know, your first kind of step in with, with anything, whether it's genetics or integrative or coaching or anything. So I think that's, that's very great advice. And then lastly, this is the power of genetics podcast. So, you know, um, we've spoken quite a bit about genetics and I would love to get your take on, on how you see, especially with the work that you're doing, the role of genetics in the current, current play of, of nutrition and medicine, but certainly in the future as well. Yeah, and this is, you know, an, an unprompted, completely honest uh, opinion. But I, um, you know, early in practice, I mean, genetics was just overwhelming for me. Um, just, just to your point, like, and, and so I just, I didn't go there. Um, I can't say enough good about 3x4 because what you've been able to do is take something very, very complicated and and give patients and myself a pragmatic approach to where we should focus, right? I, I think that's, you know, if, if, you know, my clinical gift is the ability to practice pragmatic medicine, um, you know, and, and help patients walk through something complicated by easy steps. And, and I really think 3X4 has done that. And instead of getting into the nuance, this is your SNP and this is your SNP and this is your SNP, let me give you the high level, you know, genetic story here. And, and I think, you know, you're exactly right. And, and to what we've talked about, like, I don't know a lot about genetics to this day. I'm pretty good at walking a patient through a 3X4 report 
and guiding them and connecting the dots to their labs and their concerns and helping them understand how this information guides our decision-making and should guide their health journey. Well, thank you for that. That was totally unprompted. I have to just say, I didn't, I didn't even mention 3 Explore. So thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. But yeah, that is exactly what we've tried to do. We've tried to make genetics just a piece of the puzzle, easy to integrate, not overwhelming for either the practitioner or the client, um, so that it just becomes part of what we practice, part of our nutrition, part of our medicine. So hopefully we'll see... Um, you know, more of that stepping in, not being intimidated by genetics, you know, just get started and use the, I always say use the part of the report that feels comfortable and leave, leave the rest for when you, when you're ready. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dr. Jeff Glad, it's been really fantastic talking to you. I've loved hearing your story. I'm, I'm very grateful that I get this opportunity to talk to all these wonderful guests and, you know, I, I, I do see you a lot, but I never get to sit and hear your stories. So I, I very much look forward to visiting Indiana and coming to see this incredible practice that you've got and meeting your team. I'm, I'm going to have to go and check my USA map and see exactly where Columbus City is. I have no idea, but I've, I've got to, the first thing I did when I moved to the US is I bought this big map that I have. And every time I have a conversation with someone, I go and try um, find find the city. It's a really big country, I have to tell you. It's it's a very big country. So I'm I'm still learning, and Indiana is not not one of those that I know. But thank you, thank you again. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us. I'm sure many have are, are very inspired by your journey, and I look forward to the next couple of decades and seeing the amazing work that you will continue to do. Thank you for listening to the Power of Genetics podcast. Brought to you by 3x4 Genetics. For more episodes, please visit 3x4genetics.com backslash podcasts.